So what I'm going to be doing today is sharing with you an idea that I've developed that has helped me so much, that has helped my clients so much, and that I think will help you. If there are moments where you feel stretched and challenged by your work, it doesn't mean that you're missing expertise in what you do. It just means you're venturing deeper into leadership, deeper into the realm of potential, and you're now being asked to develop a new skill set. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here, and now onto the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Jess. I'm the host and creator of this show. And I am so excited to talk to you about the topic of today's episode, which is all about imposter syndrome, navigating imposter syndrome, taking bold action. I will say that when I speak about imposter syndrome, I'm speaking not just as a coach, but also from personal experience. So for those of you who have, you know, maybe discovered the show more recently, you might not know this about me, but I started my career in the corporate space, probably in a company or a role not all that different from your role. And I struggled a lot with imposter syndrome. And I personally have been on my own journey ongoing of growing my confidence, of learning to take up space and powerfully move forward despite the doubt, despite the imposter syndrome. And I have truly, truly (laughs) transformed my relationship with imposter syndrome and grown my confidence to a place that I couldn't even really conceptualize at an earlier point in my life and in my career because I was so far away from the confidence that I feel now. And I share this with you as almost a seed of possibility, a seed of optimism, a seed of hope to really, really show you how much I believe in the change process and how much I believe in the power of being really clear, really intentional, and really devoted from a very loving place to the change that we want to experience in our lives and in our careers. And when we have that commitment, that patience, that grit, that devotion, the possibility for the ways that your confidence can transform I believe are truly limitless. That is why I love doing this work so much. That is why this lights me up. And today I'm going even deeper into the topic of imposter syndrome to really help you understand something that was enormously helpful for me in not allowing imposter syndrome to consume me, not allowing it to like keep me stuck and paralyzed in inaction, and also in really helping me develop into a leader. So many of you, the more that I do this podcast, the more that I get to know this community, the more that I work with my clients, so many of you are in that transition into leadership. You are building a lot of new muscles, both mindset muscles and, you know, ways of thinking and execution muscles. Like you're building lots of new internal capabilities that you don't yet have 
as you stretch into bigger roles and as you transition into leadership. And today's episode will support you in doing that because the truth is, it's not that that hard to get good at your job and execute and show up and kind of just like rinse and repeat and create success and be a high performer through that way of operating. But as you get into middle management and then upper middle management and then upper management and executive roles, that rinse and repeat, I'm just here to execute, just tell me what to do and I'll do it kind of mentality like that, you know, that mentality of like, I'll work hard, I'll get the things done, I'll over deliver, that stops working and you need to have new muscles and new capabilities. And this can really trigger and activate imposter syndrome because you may have been working very hard in your current role to try to get past the imposter syndrome, and then all of a sudden, you find yourself trying to stretch into something bigger or broader, and you're like, whoa, this feels impossible. And what I want to share with you is while it might feel impossible, that feeling isn't necessarily an accurate representation of your ability to tackle it. And that's what today's episode is about. So what I'm going to be doing today is sharing with you an idea that I've developed that has helped me so much, that has helped my clients so much, and that I think will help you. And then I'm going to tell you what to do with this idea and how to apply it to your own career, to your own experience of imposter syndrome, so that the imposter syndrome that you experience doesn't prevent you from acting as a leader, from taking bold CEO action, right? From really being super effective and being able to take up space and drive progress and achieve big success and big impact in your role. So the idea that I want to share with you today is this idea of something proven versus something that has potential. And to make this easier to talk about, I'm just going to call this idea proven versus potential. So I'm going to tell you what each of these are, and then I'm going to explain to you what it means for you. So when I use the word proven, what I'm referring to is a type of task or project that you have done before. So when I say proven, what I mean is you have done this before, you've proven to yourself that you can do this type of task. So when someone offers you a task that feels very easy, you've mastered it, there's not a lot of open questions, they're like, can you do this? Can you have this to me by Friday? And your internal reaction is like, oh, yeah, for sure, I've done this a zillion times. I feel no uncertainty around this. I can absolutely deliver this. This is going to feel amazing. I've got it. That is what I would describe as proven. You have enough of a track record to know that this is going to be straightforward, that you can get this done, and you don't feel a ton of uncertainty or anxiety around it. I want to contrast this idea of proven with the idea of potential. Potential is the opposite of proven. So whereas proven represents a project, a task, a piece of work, an assignment that you've done over and over, you're very familiar with, you feel tons of certainty and confidence around, potential is the opposite. Potential is getting asked to do something that you've never done before. And you have that feeling inside of like, this person's like, hey, can you have this to me by Friday? And your brain starts to freak out and you're like, well, I have no idea because I haven't done this. I don't know how many many steps there are and who I'm going to have to ask for help and where I'm going to get stuck and what I'm going to need. So it's the literal opposite of proven in that you haven't done it. You don't have evidence. You don't have a clear path forward. And the reason that I call it potential is because to me, (laughs) 
<laughs> that feels way less daunting. Like I could call it uncertain or scary, right, or new, but I call it potential because whenever we're asked to do something that we've never done before, to me, this plants the seed of potential. And potential makes me feel much more encouraged, much more optimistic. So that is why I use that word. And so potential just means you have no proof. <laughs> You're not resting on any proof. All you have is the belief in the potential, right? Like all you have is that optimism and the idea that there is potential for you to overdeliver on what is being asked of you. So on the one hand, a task or a project that's proven is rinse and repeat, you've done it, feels easy, feels familiar. And then on the other hand, a project or a task that is potential is something you've never done before, lots of uncertainty, you don't know how long it'll take, you don't know how you're going to do it, you don't know if you'll get stuck, you don't know what kind of help you'll need. It's, there's lots of open questions. It's very, very new. Now, the reason that I'm defining these for you is because I want us to have a clear foundation of this that we all have together, because now we're going to get into a little bit more nuance. So typically, if you work in any sort of corporate role, and you're being challenged and stretched and asked to do new things, most projects that you get asked to do are going to be some combination of proven and potential. That's really what I want to offer you um, as a piece for you to internalize and understand is that any given project, if we assume that we are adding up to 100%, a certain percentage of that project will be proven and a certain percentage of that project will be potential. So if you get a project that's pretty rinse and repeat, but maybe there's a couple pieces you're not totally sure about, Maybe that project to you feels like 80% proven, 20% potential. Or maybe you get asked to do something where you're like, oh, I have some expertise here, but I've never like quite done it in this context. That project could maybe be more like 50% proven, 50% potential. Or maybe <laughs> you get asked to do something that is brand new. You're really moving into a new area of your company, tackling something that you have very limited exposure to, and maybe that project feels more like 10% proven, 90% potential. It's going to depend project to project, and there will also be certain moments or phases in your career where your work is going to either lean towards being more skewed towards proven or more skewed towards potential. So for example, if you've been in the same role for a long time, there's a good chance that a lot of what you do will skew proven, more and more proven over time. Whereas if you've just accepted a new job, you're in a new role, you're doing something different, like you're just getting started at a company, then a lot of your work, especially in that first year and those initial months, is gonna skew more potential. And you're gonna ebb and flow throughout your career. And there are a couple of pieces that I want to share with you around this that I think will be really, really important for you. The first thing that I want to share with you, this is so important. I'm constantly sharing this with my clients. This is like one of my like yell off the rooftop things <laughs> that I want you to know is that the skill set to execute something that is proven is a different skill set than the one that you need to execute something that represents potential. It is two different 
skill sets. When something is proven, the skill set that you need to execute it is past experience and expertise in that specific area. That's how you execute that. Whereas when something is leaning more heavily towards potential, the skill set that you are now leaning on is a more sophisticated leadership skill set. You need to be able to navigate the ambiguity. You need to be able to problem solve. You need to get super entrepreneurial and be willing to test things out. So it's a very, very different skill set. And it is so important to be aware of that because as you move into higher roles, for most verticals within a company, and when I say verticals, I mean verticals like sales, marketing, strategy, operations, whatever vertical you're in, but within a company, within most verticals, as you move towards leadership roles, more and more of what is asked of you and the work you have to do is potential. So when you're at the individual contributor level, you're doing a lot of work that is proven, As you get to higher and higher levels, you're doing more and more work that is potential. And when you're in very high executive roles, almost all that you do is going to skew heavily potential. And this makes sense because that's part of the reason that those roles are paid the big bucks, right? And that's part of the reason that those individuals hold so much responsibility is because for a lot of what they do, they cannot show up and rinse and repeat. They can't just show up and do a proven task over and over, but they have to be within the realm of potential, doing new unfamiliar things, making decisions um, among or amidst uncertain conditions, things like that. And so the first thing that I wanna bring to your awareness is this idea that your core expertise in your function is very, very useful But if there are moments where you feel stretched and challenged by your work, it doesn't mean that you're missing expertise in what you do. It just means you're venturing deeper into leadership, deeper into the realm of potential, and you're now being asked to develop a new skill set. And so while it can feel maybe a bit intimidating or a bit scary, it's really important to ground yourself in this idea of like, no, no, you are an expert in what you do. You are just now stretching and venturing deeper into the frontier of leadership and the frontier of potential, which is why you're feeling stretched. So you're not a bad marketer, you're not a bad salesperson, you're not a bad operator, you're not a bad strategist, but you're not bad at what you do. You're just being called to rise to the next level. Now, what I wanna reiterate here is that being strong at potential, like being someone who's really good at diving into projects that are a high percentage potential, is very valuable to a company and is one of the most effective ways to distinguish yourself. Because when you're very good at potential, you can pretty much tackle or handle anything. So you become really agile and really useful to a company, particularly at higher leadership levels where you're holding more responsibility. So potential is definitely a skill that you want to develop. What I wanna share with you in this episode specifically though, is a little bit of a glimmer of hope when it comes to your experience of imposter syndrome in your role, because I think that it's really easy to start to stretch yourself into these newer, bigger projects that are a higher percentage potential, and then start struggling and then think that there's something wrong with you. 
and then to think, oh, I have really bad imposter syndrome, when really what's happening is you're having a very normal human experience. So part of the reason that I love this distinction of proven versus potential is because in addition to them being different skill sets like I talked about, our brains respond very differently, like all human brains respond very differently to a task that's proven versus a task that's potential. So a task that's proven, we know how to do it. Our mind is going to experience very little uncertainty around it. However, a task that is a high percentage potential that we haven't done, that there isn't a clear path forward to follow on, is going to create a lot of uncertainty. We are going to feel a lot of uncertainty, and that makes sense. That uncertainty, that anxiety, is an appropriate response to this task that is very much leaning towards potential, because we don't know what the path forward is going to look like, and human brains don't really love uncertainty especially when the task is related to our well-being and how we support ourselves, right? And, and related to your job and your financial security, right? So you have uncertainty, not just around a task, but around a task that supports you in living your life. So it makes a lot of sense then that if you get thrown a task that is a very high percentage potential task, that you're going to feel uncertainty and anxiety. And what I want to offer you in this episode is the idea that it's really easy to take that normal human reaction to a very high, highly skewing potential task, that normal human reaction of uncertainty and anxiety, and to internalize it as something's wrong with me and I have imposter syndrome. And what I'd love for you to open your mind to is this idea that what you're feeling you might be labeling it as imposter syndrome. You might also be thinking that that feeling, that uncertainty, that doubt around whether you'll be able to do something successfully, you might be thinking that that feeling is coming as a result of you and inadequacies that exist within you. And what I would love for you to consider is whether what you're actually experiencing is just the normal human reaction to a task that is uncertain, to a task that is more potential than proven, and you're taking that uncertainty and rather than being like, oh, it makes sense that I feel uncertain because I'm in the land of potential where <laughs> we feel uncertain when we go into the land of potential, instead of thinking of it that way, you're blaming yourself, you're turning it inwards, you're saying this is my imposter syndrome, something is wrong with me, this shouldn't be so hard for me. And the reason that I want to share this with you is because what I've seen with my clients is often the first times they start to get into tasks, projects, roles that have a much higher percentage potential versus proven because they've never been in that environment before and because they haven't built the self-trust and and shown themselves that they can navigate a very potentially very uncertain task, potentially, that's a funny word, they think they don't think, oh, this is a high potential task. They think, oh, something's wrong with me. This is my imposter syndrome. And this is really, really dangerous because the one thing that you need to help you execute on a task that is very a very high percentage potential task, like that is mostly potential, 
is belief in your resourcefulness and your own competence. So when you get given this task and you think, oh no, this is hard, it must be me, something's wrong with me, it's my imposter syndrome, you're fueling yourself with the exact opposite of the fuel that you need to succeed in the task. And so you allow the task to overwhelm you. And then that reinforces the imposter syndrome and creates more proof of this false belief that you can't do it, right? And you're like, see, I really struggled. This really didn't go well. Like I really had a hard time with this. When really, if you could take that anxiety and uncertainty and interpret it in a slightly different way and say, oh, I'm in the land of potential, the land of leaders, the land of executives, the land where things feel uncomfortable and that is literally why I'm being hired. I'm being hired because this is uncomfortable and my company needs someone to be willing to show up and navigate this uncomfortable thing. Of course it feels uncomfortable, but let me see what I can do with it. When you go in with that perspective, you offer yourself so much more of the fuel that you need to accomplish a high potential task. Because when you're working on something that's uncertain, that doesn't have a clear path forward, that you've never done before, the thing that you need most is a little bit of those blinders and that that confidence of like, I'm just gonna keep going until I figure this out. I'm just gonna get this over the finish line. It's that fuel that helps you actually execute through the really difficult thing. And when you're thinking that you are demonstrating a personal failure because a task makes you feel uncertain or anxious, it is almost impossible then to access that fuel of like, oh, I can definitely do this. Because you're taking the the difficulty of the task and you're taking the fact that it's a high percentage potential task and you're making that about you. You're making it personal. You're saying, The reason this feels hard isn't because it's an inherently hard leadership-oriented task. The reason this feels hard is because of me. And when the reason that it feels hard is because of you, you do not feel empowered to move forward. So there's a huge difference between this task feels hard, it's because of me, versus this task feels hard, it's because it's hard. That subtle difference in perspective is going to be the difference maker in how you show up. So what I want you to be aware of is this idea that I think imposter syndrome is a very useful way to describe our experience of having a sense that we're missing competence, that we're gonna be found out by our coworkers and our boss. I think it's really, really useful. But where I think imposter syndrome can get dangerous is when we jump to it as a conclusion because we're working on something uncertain and complex and we don't realize that the reason that the thing feels uncertain and and complex isn't because of our inadequacies, but it's because of the nature of the thing that we are doing. And when you're working on a high potential task and if your role is demonstrating more and more of those, I just want you to think of it as a different way of getting things done that is just going to feel different. There are so many little tweaks that you can make to help support you through a task that is a high percentage potential task and a very low percentage proven. And one of the first tweaks that you want to make is 
to not expect it to feel proven, right? If a task is skewing very high on potential and you're thinking that, well, this should just feel easier, then that's going to make getting through it a lot harder for you. The other thing where I see my clients get really stuck is this idea of like, I need to know what to do before I do it. And what you will find as you get into higher and higher positions of leadership and as you become more of a thought leader in your company is that you can't do a leadership role in that way. You can't do a leadership role by being like, okay, I'm going to figure out the path and then I'm going to execute the path. (laughs) That would be great. Like that would be wonderful. But also like that type of role just wouldn't be a big leadership role. It wouldn't be a high paying role, right? It's, It's not requiring that more discerning, sophisticated lens. When you're working on a project that is largely potential, You have to be willing to try things out until you lock in on the proper path forward. So for a task that is very proven, you already know the path forward. You know what it looks like. You're like, this is the path, right? I'm almost imagining, you know, on racetracks where they have like the six different lanes and everyone races in their own lane on the racetrack. I'm almost imagining like you get a project and you have to choose what track (laughs) to put it on to like get it done. And with something that is proven, you know which track to put it on because you've done it a bunch of times. When a task is just more potential, what happens often is you just stay at the starting line of the racetrack and you're like, should I put it in one? Should I put it in two? Should I put it in four? Should I put it in three? And you just stay there for a really, really long time because you think I can't pick a track until I know which one to pick. When really the way that you want to approach those types of projects is to be like my best guess at this point in time is track three. I'm getting on track three. And if I get halfway down the track and learn that track three is not the way, then I'm going to start again. And that can feel really, really uncomfortable if you're someone who's just been used to like picking a track and going with it. But as you get better at working this way, you become very valuable to your company. So it is worth it to do. And the one thing that I really want to encourage you to do is embrace the discomfort and be careful not to classify all discomfort and uncertainty as a sign of your own imposter syndrome or your own shortcomings. Because the truth is, even leaders who are very good at their jobs and doing tasks that are mostly potential and not proven at all, they still have doubt, they still have feelings. I I know, I had a lot of contact with very high up executives in my career. And they're not always talking about their feelings, but in little conversations over the years, things slip out and they share where they're doubting themselves. They share what they're feeling. And I start to get a glimpse of their humanity and I start to see like, oh, it's not that they don't experience that normal human doubt and that normal human uncertainty when it comes to a task where you're doing things differently for the very first time. They've just learned how to move forward even when that's present. They've learned how to be standing at the beginning of the racetrack and how to not get stuck in an infinite like loop of analyzing which track to begin in. They've learned to have enough self-trust to choose a track and to not beat themselves up when they inevitably discover, okay, that track was not the right track. Time to try something different. 
And I really want you to imagine this. Like, I want you to imagine that two people are being asked to do a task and one of them is overanalyzing and like doesn't know what track to pick. And the other one is just like, I'm just going to pick a track that I think could work and try. That person who picks the first track and then gets stuck and starts again is still ahead of the person who's sitting at the front of the racetrack doing eeny, meeny, miny, mo across the tracks. And so it's so important to realize that the way that you're going to operate on projects that are more potential than proven is just going to feel very different from the way that you've operated in the past. And it is so important for you to be resourceful, to be gritty, to believe in yourself and to allow yourself to feel those human emotions of uncertainty without making it mean that you are inadequate and that you won't be able to complete the project. If you can get to a point internally where you can experience uncertainty without it having to mean that the future is going to look very, very doomsday, you will become so freaking powerful in your job. So I will leave it at that and close out this episode with that as the ending. And if you do experience imposter syndrome, and if you want my help getting much better at navigating it so that it doesn't keep you from being bold and taking confident action in your career, I wanna invite you to take my very recently, very newly created free video course, Three Steps to Tackling Imposter Syndrome. I mentioned in this episode, Please don't mistake uncertainty and difficult projects for for like something being wrong with you and it being because of your imposter syndrome. But if you do experience imposter syndrome, it is so important to get good at managing it. And that is something that you can learn to do. You have the ability to navigate it. It doesn't have to control you. You can learn how to move forward even when you're having a bit of a difficult, shaky feeling day or week or month, there is mindset work that you can do to get better at still showing up in the way that you want to show up despite the imposter syndrome. And that is what I want to help you with. You can grab this free video course at the link in the show notes or by heading to jessgazacoaching.com slash free resources. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for being here. I cannot believe that I am in year of this podcast, which is crazy. I also have some updates coming up, which I am so excited to share with you. And be on the lookout for those. I'm going to be dropping a bonus episode with some news on where my coaching business is going and what I have coming up in 2023. So I'm really pumped about that. I hope you have a beautiful day and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.